Hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast of ApostolicSundaySchool.com, where we cover a wide range of topics on everything to do with children's ministry. I apologize, I have not been putting these out on a more regular basis, but I'm still trying to figure out this whole podcast thing, and at least for me, I have a tendency to put off the unfamiliar and focus on what I more readily understand. I apologize for that, and I will definitely try to do better. Today we're going to be getting into some very interesting topics, but before I get there, I just want to talk about one thing that I struggle with, and I don't know if anybody else does, but I have a tendency to put off the things I know I should do because I want it to be just perfect. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like these podcasts, I keep putting them off because I want them to be absolutely flawless. I want them to be perfect. I want them to have great intro music. I want them to have a a good quote at the end and jingles. And I just want them to be polished and neat. And I want people to listen to him and think he's not a complete dork. Well, I'm finding that that fear of what other people might think typically leads to me doing nothing or doing other things that I don't have that same fear of. And I know that's silly, but, well, there you are. Sometimes, even when I'm recording the uh, object lesson videos for the website, I have a tendency to put those off because I want them to be perfect. I want to get the the verbiage all polished. I want to get the backdrop just right. I want to get everything just right. And so I put it off forever. And I never actually get around to it because, again, I want it to be perfect. And I know that's silly and it's something I got to get over with. But anyway, I'm going to try to do better. And maybe with a little bit of prompting, you know, a little bit of comment on the website, feel free to bug me and push me to do the things that I know I should do even if they may not be as quality as I would like them to be. Another thing is on the website, there are a lot of new things coming. Not necessarily new, but maybe some adjustments. We're going to be doing some promotions on the forums. Uh, Those forums are really, really a good tool, but it has to have participation. So if you go to the main website, apostolicsundayschool.com, you see the forums up there. It may say, uh, ask questions. But if you click on there, that's where we can have an interchange of ideas. Uh, I want to get your feedback on ideas. Many people have questions, and the answers I'm going to give are one-sided, and they're from one perspective only. And when you have other people giving input, it sure makes a big difference. So I'm going to be pushing those forums hard, and periodically we'll be sending out some object lesson kits uh, to people that participate in those forums. We're going to be promoting it on Instagram as well. Speaking of, if you haven't went to Instagram, Apostolic Sunday School is the Instagram tag, and I think we have it on Twitter as well. It's Sunday School, the number four, us. Anyway, I believe I've rambled on long enough. Let's get on with the podcast. In today's podcast, we're going to be listening to Brother Merle Cornwell, who spoke at the recent Commit Conference. It's held every year in January in Baton Rouge, Louisiana at Brother Tony Spell's church. If you're looking for a great conference that's going to inspire you or re-inspire you, get your bus team and Sunday school team all fired up, look no further than the Commit Conference. It's awesome. There's a lot of information on bus ministry and outreach. There's info on praying with people on the altar, Bible studies, Sunday school, and more. The agenda is typically preaching and teaching Thursday night, 
all day Friday, Friday night, and then there's a hands-on outreach session on Saturday where you're taught about outreach and then everybody goes on the buses and hits the streets. And then on Sunday morning, you're welcome to ride the buses with them and see how it all works. And I promise you, if this doesn't inspire you, nothing's going to. But uh, in this message, Brother Cornwell, who is very interesting, and he's an inspiring man of God, more importantly, he is a soul-winning machine. In this message, he talks about the important role of bus ministry in his church and in his life, how he came to God, where his burden for bus ministry came from. He explains his focus on Bible studies, and there's a whole lot more as well. I did edit this file just to shorten it a bit to try to fit it into some time constraints, but I hope you enjoy this message as much as I did. Everybody wants a, a big church, but nobody wants to work for it. Everybody wants to have a dynamic church, but nobody wants to run 25 buses. Everybody wants to have a soul-winning church, but nobody wants to teach Bible studies. Everybody wants to have a big church, but we don't want to put forth the labor that it's going to take to bring it to pass. Praise God. In America, 3% of churches of all denominations are growing churches. In the apostolic movement, uh, uh, among us, uh, only 3% of apostolic churches uh, of all colors, uh, of all races, uh, of all nationalities uh, are growing churches. 3% of us are growing If you are not a great, dynamic, soul-winning church, uh, you need to transition uh, to be one. Praise God. I told our brethren a few weeks ago, I said, organizations do not have revivals. Let me tell you who has revivals. It's the local church uh, under its pastor and under its own people. The local church uh, is the ones uh, that's going to have revival. If you're waiting uh, for your organization uh, to have revival, you're wasting your time. Wake up and realize uh, that you can't ride on somebody else's coattail. you got to get out there and get the tiger by the tail and say, I am going to have a revival. There are some young men standing up right now that saying it's time to get back in the harvest field and, and bring our churches out of its doldrums uh, and say, God, we got to have revival. Be seated. I went to Wichita a long time ago. We had, we had somewhere around 25 people. We'd gone through three church splits in six months. Everybody that was anybody in our church was gone. I show up on the scene, and they all sat on the back four rows of the church. And there were 16 empty rows of pews between me and the first saint. And I said, okay, folks, I said, on Sunday morning, I said, uh, I've got a little bit of voice problem. I said, I'm going to pray a prayer. I want you all to move up a little bit. So I prayed a prayer and opened my eyes. Nobody moved. They were paralyzed. They were a bunch of J.C. Penney's mannequins. I said, I'm going to pray again. And I prayed again. I opened my eyes. Nobody moved. I, I did it the third time. And then it started in my feet, this burning sensation. Worked its way up my feet, my chins, my knees, my thighs, my belly. Fee, fi, fo, fum. Hallelujah. 
I said, okay, y'all sit there. I said, I'll fill up every row of pews uh, between you, uh, between me and you, and I'll shove you out in that stinky vo- uh, a foyer where the bathrooms leak and, 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 and uh, stay stopped up half the time and it smells bad. I'll put you out there, praise God. And so I had a soul winning seminar. I, I had a whole Bible study seminar. Praise God. I brought the greatest Bible study uh, preacher in America here, and he taught a Bible study seminar. How to teach Bible study. And so at the end of the seminar, he said, uh, He said, Brother Cohen, he said, how many Bible studies a week do you think this church can teach? I said, I think we can can teach 10. I think we can teach 10 Bible studies a week. So he wrote 10, and he put a circle around it. He said, okay, every head bowed and every eye closed. Everybody commit to teach the Bible study, raise your hand. Well, like an idiot, I'm the only one who raises my hand. And three months later, I was teaching all 15 of them. Hang on, hang on, hang on. That ain't the punchline. Oh, I'd run a bus route if, if somebody else run a bus route. No, you won't. I, I teach a Bible study if somebody else teaches a Bible study. No, you won't. I don't care if nobody ever teaches a Bible study. I'm a Bible study teacher. And I started winning people to God. In 1980, I won 109 adults to God. In 1981, I won 106 more people to God, adults to God. In 1982, I won another 100 people to God. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if your neighbor doesn't do it. It doesn't matter if your pastor doesn't do it. It doesn't matter if the deacon doesn't do it. If God's called you to be a soul winner, then be a soul winner by yourself. I get tired of the excuse. Nobody else is doing it. I got news for you. I'm doing it. I'm going to keep on doing it. And I'm looking for somebody else that wants to do it. I remember when we started bus ministry. I I will never forget when we started bus ministry. We had an old red bus behind the church. It was broken down and we didn't have a dime to get it repaired. And I was teaching a Bible study to a Chevrolet car dealer. And the, the, the man got the Holy Ghost and got baptized. And uh, he looked out behind the church and said, what, what's that old red bus for? And I said, well, in years gone by, they used to run it for Sunday school. And he said, uh, well, why don't y'all do it now? I said, because it's broken down. He said, well, why don't you fix it? I said, because we don't have any money. And he said, well, he said, I'll tell you what. I'll send somebody after tomorrow and we'll get it fixed. He sent a record down, took it down to his shop, went through the bus. Probably spent five times more for the bus than what we could have bought a new one for. And he brought it back to me. He said, the bus is ready. I said, thank you very much. I said, we got a bus captain waiting for it. And he started running the bus and started picking up some kids and some adults from Sunday school. And he came back to me and he said, uh, he said, Pastor, he said, I noticed that bus was full. He said, you need another bus? I said, we could use another bus. He said, he said I, I, I'll start looking. And, and first thing you know, he called me and he said, Pastor, he said, I found six more buses. He said, I've already paid for them. You know, you know buying the bus is one thing, but running them is another. You know, if just pay for a bus, that's great. But what about the repairs and the gasoline and the diesel and the spark plugs and the brakes and the transmissions and the clutches and the tires and, and the oil, praise God. And you know what? When he bought me six more buses, I had to start believing God for some more tithe. And you know what God did? The tithing started going up. 
He called me. He said, hey, pastor, you need some more buses? I said, we could use some more buses. Uh, and he started scouring the country. And he got, bought me some more buses. Uh, and now we got 27 buses. Uh, and you know what? We've never failed to pay the gas bill. We've never failed, pay, uh, failed to pay the oil bill. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. I was teaching a Bible study. I was teaching a Bible study to this man and his wife, and they had two little brats. I mean, kids. One of them used my, my, my chart for a pup tent. Another used it for a high hurdle. And the, little, the, the oldest jumped over the, the chart and, and landed in the middle of my wire and liked to crush his, his, his baby brother. And mom and dad's oblivious. They don't know what's going on. And I have to hold one of them in one hand, hold the other in the other hand, and a half Nelson, and choke them half to death while I'm teaching Bible study. I ain't going to tell you that one of them's diaper came loose. And I ain't going to tell you he messed all over me. And I ain't going to tell you I had to throw away a $10 necktie. But it, I did, praise God. Well, when I got to teaching the Bible study, they said, is that all? I said, that's it. He said, okay, thank you. And I didn't see him again for one year. One year to the date they came into the house of God, walked down an aisle before church ever started, and said, stood in front of the pulpit and said, we're ready to live for God now. I said, you are? He said, yep, we made up our mind. that we, we went through Bible study. It's been one year since we finished. He said, but I'm ready to live for God. And we laid hands on them right there. They both got the Holy Ghost. And they said, he said, can we run a bus? I said, can you run a bus? You're a brand new convert. Can you run a bus? You ain't had the Holy Ghost 15 minutes. Can you run a bus? What would you tell? Well, as soon as uh, uh, you straighten your life up, as soon as you get this straightened out, as soon as you get that straightened out, we'll let you think about working for God. I said, do you want to run a bus? And, and we bought him a bus and put him on that bus. Uh, and him and his wife for 19 years uh, run that bus every Sunday. And they averaged 75 on that bus uh, over a 19-year period of time. You see, they had a transition in their life. They transitioned from the world to the work of God. I never will forget. I went to him one Sunday afternoon. I said, look. I said, y'all been on this bus ride a long time. I said, y'all haven't had one Sunday off that I can ever remember. I said, I want you to take about three weeks off. They looked at me. And said, how do we do that? I said, I'm removing you from the bus route for three weeks. The next week he came back and he said, Pastor, he said, I believe you better put us back on our bus route. I said, why? He said, we're backsliding. I thought, if they feel like they're backsliding because they missed a bus route once or two weeks, I said, how many, how many people am I pastoring that's been backslid for years? It's more coming to church than coming to church to dance and shout. It's more to come to church uh, to hear a man of God preach uh, and walk out and say, wasn't that a good sermon? Ladies and gentlemen, God has a marching army that's moving through this land uh, and he's drafting people and he's calling people. Somebody said, amen. It's time to have a transition. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll never backslide if you're involved in the work of God. When you transition 
it's very difficult because you have to break the bands of your past and you've got to learn some new habits when all of your friends are going to get together for a softball game but you've got a Bible study to teach the devil will come against you when you take that Bible study chart and you get in your car and you drive to a Bible study and all your friends are out playing softball I'm not getting softball or your friends get together and y'all go out someplace to eat but you, I can't go tonight I got, I got a Bible study hey hey, listen listen. Uh, we, we got a fishing trip Saturday and man the fish are biting and they're big I can't go. I got got one of them bus routes he put me on. Go on fishing. Go on fishing. But God's looking for somebody that say, I'd rather have a bus route than a fishing pole. When you come to church on Sunday night, you're swinging from the chandeliers. And they say, what's wrong with him? They say, what's wrong with him? He's enjoying living for God and doing the work of God. If you want to be a soul winner, I want you to lift your hands to God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I feel the Holy Ghost here. My goodness, God's going to bring some great soul winners. But you know what? My days are numbered. And somebody's got to take my place. Somebody's got to take the places of great soul winners. Because we've got to have some new soul winners coming on. I wonder if there's some young people will come up here and stand at this altar and say, I'm going to take your place. I'm going to be a great soul winner. I wonder if some young preachers come down this aisle and say, I'm tired of running 100. I think I'll run 500. I'm tired of running 400. I think I'll run 800. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's time to build greater churches. It's time to win more souls. It's time to reach out greater than we've ever reached out before.